All right, punters and dribblers, welcome to another episode of All Talk. Big, hot, heavy, horny episode this week. Uh, talking to the one and only Bo Ryan, obviously of former Rugby League footballer fame, but also the host of The Amazing Race on Channel 10. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. One of the funniest people, I think, going around. He's fucking hilarious. He can tell a story. He can tell a yarn. We loved having him on. We thank him again for his time. Let's get into it. You. You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Right, ATL will open me for that Selena Asia shit. Oh, really? Mm. So what, was that just because you were associated with them? Or like? I was emceeing the wedding. That's right, you emceed the wedding. Mm. It, did you know him personally? Never. No. So I don't really do MC weddings or that anymore. A couple of Lebo weddings, mates weddings. But I get an email randomly off my manager saying, um, oh, I've got this gig, you know, good money. Big Lebo wedding, and I like Lebo weddings. And, um, you know, 600 people or something like that, La Montage. <clears throat> Long story short, I'm filming that day. So I'm driving to the wedding, and I get a call from my manager. Pull up into the La Montage. My daughter's young, and my wife in the car. I was just going in, doing 20 minutes at the start, welcoming, and the whole wedding was in Arabic. And, mate, there's cops everywhere. There's a helicopter. There's seven. There's nine. And I'm thinking, this is, something's <laughs> going down here. You know what I mean? There's Something's happening inside. So I get a call from your manager, um, Beavis. He's at 80. He says, mate, what are you doing? I said, I'm just walking in this wedding. He goes, oh, okay, mate, shit. You seen the news? I said, no, what's going on? He goes, oh, there's a lot of shit going on, man, with this wedding. I said, well, I'm here. What do I do? He goes, I'll do it. <laughs> I said, I'm looking at two cops helicopters. Like, you don't see two cop helicopters. No, no. Like, the, the cop, the One's Channel 7, enough. Channel 7, Channel 9, they're hovering above La Montage. I remember I walk in and they got Missy Higgins is performing. Fucking hell. Are you Whitey, security. Um, and they said, you, you come out, you come out and do the intro on that. And I remember standing there and there's all the, you know, he, he's groomsmen. And they're all affiliated in that one and whatnot, which is, you know, whatever you're into. Hey, and they're like, yeah, yeah, so we've got to get the motorbikes down the aisle. Because <laughs> they've got this aisle between the 600. La Montage is a big spot, man. Yeah, it's huge. They do, they do half size. I've been to weddings 300 packed. Yeah. They've opened the whole thing up. He had $1 million worth of flowers there. Holy shit. $1 million. A million dollars worth of flowers. flowers. Oh, my That's the context. God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are out the back trying to work out um, how to get Harleys down the down the aisles. <laughs> and I've just looked around, looked at Hopper, and I'm like, what, 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 what are we doing? <laughs> and uh, I said, boys, we're going to come out. I'll intro, intro you, you know, bring you all in one by one. And then I'll do a bit of a piece, and then I've got to go. And they're all standing there and they're all you know, bulky pockets and whatnot. And I said, maybe take that stuff out of your pockets because, you know, it's all bulky and I'm the cool. So they take it out, put it on the table. I go, maybe put that back in your pockets. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the boys come down there on their Harleys, massive, massive intro. And I just said, you know, Salim's the only bride, only groom in history that's taken longer than the bride to get ready. <laughs> no one laughed, bro. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, crickets. And he's come out and he's not happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really? yeah, yeah, he's... <laughs> and um, did a few spots, talked, did a few, you know, jokes and that and welcomed him and then just got out of there, man. So what's was this for, like, before the wedding down the aisle or is this like they're already married afterwards? No, they had or? a, uh, well, they do a pre-wedding, um, you know, Lebanese and um, oh, okay. some of the Arabs, they do a pre-wedding. Right. And then, bro, I knew, the, the trouble was, he, he had his wedding, right, which was there and I don't know if they'd done a little pre-wedding where they eloped or whatever it was, yeah. but this was where the ceremony was. But, mate, they had they had the party uh, the night before, but that it sort of kicked on to the next day. And he lives in um, 
Auburn there and he's mm. built this, you know, he, he was in council. Bro. Dude, that's yeah. what He's doing like oh, four-story yeah, yeah, yeah. houses. You can't get a double story in Lid- in the back of Lidcombe and Auburn. He's building a four-story house, yeah. right, on the park. And there's a game of like under sevens footy there. And they've landed a helicopter oh, while the game's on. So everyone's just moved out. <laughs> oh and then all his mates God. have come down and rolled a red carpet to his house. Oh, my God. Bro, the council shut the streets down. So every street around there was shut down. Cars moved, everything. So he shut down the streets? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what I mean, it's all sort of coming back to me now. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He shut them down. And then he got done. He was in the, um, he was in the, Harbour Tunnel doing burnouts and sticking his fingers up and I'm just like... You know, in the Harbour You know tunnel. what I mean? As he was a counsellor. The night of the... The day of the wedding. So <laughs> oh, they're in the rolls. They're driving through and doing videos and oh, that. And mate, it sake. just blew up. That was like... And I was guilty subtle. by association, obviously, because I was there. Never yeah. met the bloke. But so then, I mean, obviously, you're like, hey, whoa, hey, like, I'm just fucking... I just said, hey, whoa, I knew nothing. I'm in and out and that's yeah. it. Love job. Well, yeah. they start calling him Bo's, mate. Yeah, yeah, oh, Hadley did a piece and that, you know what I mean? Oh, Bo oh, was there, right. Missy Higgins was there, Justice Crow. Like, it was all these people were there. I don't yeah. like there was all there was all these celebrities there. Bit of a um, who's who, a little bit of a who's who, but no one really knew anyone. Yeah, <laughs> no one knew him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. was getting these ones, <laughs> and I get that, but let's just get in and get, get out. Get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Are you like walking out of that thing? I guess, and generally, like, we you like, what do you have a lot of a few of those moments where you're like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, I've heaps, heaps of them moments, man. But that was one of them where I walked out. My wife's going, "What's going on?" And I said, "I, I have no idea." I seem to remember like the f- images of like just like supercars, like mate, you know what they did? And shit you know everywhere. what they did? And you got to salute this. They ordered or, or organised every white prestige car in Sydney. <laughs> so it was like two hundred. There was Rolls, Ferraris, Lambos, every car, and they parked them all in the La Montage as like a. Like a, like a flex. flex. Yeah. Just what, no one's using it. What do you yeah. reckon he spent on that wedding? Like if you had I was trying to do it. the numbers, and I know how much people were getting paid there, and I know um, I know how much a wedding costs, man. You got one fifty, two hundred a head. Yeah, the normal weddings, the yeah, weddings, bro. Man. Yeah. Uh, I reckon it would have cost him about between three to five million. Jesus Christ! Mm. <laughs> and no counselor. one was, and no one was flinching. No, no one was worried about what, any money. What's he doing now? Like, is he, because he got he's out. He's doing time, no. Oh, is he's he still in? in. Yeah, I think he's still in. Yeah, oh, did he go so. in? Yeah, yeah. Huge. I didn't realise that was what became of Salim. Like, he he sort of, I see, feel like had a bit of a meteoric, meteoric rise. Yeah. Mm. At least a, into, like, the public consciousness, right? Like, this guy came across this flashy counsellor. It was probably all around the wedding. That's probably what. Mate, the wedding was the kiss of death. Yeah. yeah. He was, um, he was a powerful guy. He was in, he was, he was, he had a great position. He had a very influential position, but he's obviously, you know, they were looking at him at, you know, approving units where he could only build 20. They're building 600. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he was so, taking the piss. He wasn't being subtle about it. Yeah, yeah. you got to be smarter than that, man. Yes, you um, do. Mate, what, how are you going? You, you've just, have you just finished rapping Amazing Race? Or I is finished, it now it's just uh, gone on TV? Yeah, no, nah, I finished a couple of months ago. Yeah. And um, I've been back and then... I'm right in the middle of like a press tour. Um, don't know when you're going to air this or whatever, but um, I'm in the middle of a press tour, which is pretty brutal. Yeah. Been in Brazil last week, Goldie, um, North Queensland, and then Melbourne this week, uh, and then Sydney. And then it's sort of – our show's funny, man. It's like we got 20 teams this year, so uh, 40 people, but our contestants don't really get the notoriety of like other shows. Well, they're not fucking on camera. Yeah, well, they're not. They're not. They're not. It's um, So I do a lot of the press. Yeah. Um, which is – Hard, like a lot of heavy lifting, yeah. but you got to do it, man. Yeah, yeah, fully. Do you? Is it like a dream job? Like in the sense that you're just getting to travel the world now, right? And to go to these yeah. crazy places. Obviously, I assume it's quite taxing. Like yeah, involved. No, it is. It's 
the travel is just a bonus. I don't really think about the travel when I'm doing it. As funny as that seems, yeah. Um, I like the show, and um, when they offered it to me a few years ago, it was funny, man. When I first come across the town, I did a show for him called Sunday Night Takeaway, which was a huge production, man, like a big, big production. Mm. Did okay anyway. Uh, they pitched me a couple shows, and I remember I went into the first meeting, two pitches in one day, and I went in and they, the execs were there and. They started pitching me this show. They said, look, I want you to be in this show where basically celebrities are wearing um, masks and different coverings. And, you know, you might have a baby, a microphone, a dragon, a rhino, um, and we're <laughs> going to have hosts and they're going to judge who the celebrity is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. And I go, what's the other show? <laughs> Little did I know that The Masked Singer was going to be one of the biggest – it was the most watched premiere in history. It was doing state of origin numbers its first night. Really? 1.6 million people before the demos ratted up. Is it still rating its it dick still off rates, now? It's one of the highest rating shows on TV. I know you're a Channel 10 affiliate, and we actually just spent a little bit of time on the podcast last week talking about it, but are you like, I guess your initial reaction says a little bit about like maybe how some Of course. Are, like, what the fuck is that show? Bro, I'm sitting there. <laughs> They're going, it's massive in Korea, massive in the States. And I go, say, say it again. <laughs> say it again. Well, you, dress your photos up, you dress up. You, you're the rhino, and I didn't do it. Yeah. Right? You can be the rhino. I said, who's hosting it? And they couldn't tell me. Um, and I knew Jackie well. Yeah. And, um, she would have picked me straight away anyway. So I thought, do you want me to host it, or do you want me to judge? What are we doing? They're like, well, we're going to get celebrities in. Dressed as rhinos. And I'm like, I can't sing. Anyway, I was just about to leave for the race. So they pitched me the race after it, and I accepted it. <clears throat> and they were ringing me about it. And they said, we really want you to do it. And I said, you know what, I'll do it. And, and meanwhile, the only show my daughter's ever wanted me to do, and you know, was your kid, you got kids? No, not yet. Bro, well, you get kids, mm. now nothing else matters, right? The only show she want, wants me to do is Mars Singer. Right. Doesn't care about anything yeah. else. Um, so I said, all right, look, I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. I'll think about it. Anyway, I go in there and this bloke, he's a, he's a vocal coach, right? He's like, what do you want to sing? I said, I'm singing Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. He goes, well, we need something with a bit more range. I said, I can't sing. He goes, all right, give it to me. And I'm like, the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm in the booth. Yeah. So I'm like, he goes, when you're ready, 25 people out oh, there, producers. Fuck. And I'm like, all right, stop. Collaborate and listen. And you just see him go like that with the auto tune, right? Like <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. I just did a, a Mal Meninga, man. I said, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. No. Oh, you walked it. out? Yeah, I said, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I was going to say, because I was like, not that I'm super across who's and, been former contestants. And, bro, it's like, one of these ones where, mate, they've got some big names. Yeah. But it's one of them ones where super secretive. So, say I'm going to do it. you got to drive to somewhere at Moore Park. They get you out of your car. They wrap, they put you in the back of like a blacked out car to take you in and take you out. You're, you're basically, while they're filming the show, you are off the grid. Really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you can't be seen going in, going out. You can't yeah. be. Are you people, can't be anywhere. Are people really trying to scout that shit. Like it's you, wild they got to packs think about it. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's full on, bro. I and mean, every- we don't. We're, we're in rugby league world, right? Mm. We don't really look at that. But the reality is, mate, people live for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fully. And everyone's got a everyone's got a smartphone. Yeah, so mate, you, you get the photo. You get the there. photo of Shannon Noel, or they had the girl from um, Pussycat Dolls. You get that photo of her at some stage going in there. The show's kind of fucked. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah there's people everywhere it. trying to suss that man. So that so you didn't, but so you you didn't sing, didn't do you didn't it, get in there. Couldn't do it, bro. <laughs> what you was was party just like fuck it? I'm just gonna persevere here. Pick something with heaps of range and just have fun. Yeah, with yeah, it, you try know it, mate. It, my heart was. It, I told you it hurt last week when I'm sitting down and my daughter goes, "Geez, I want you to do this show." <laughs> and I said, "Amazing race is on tomorrow." She <laughs> goes, "What?" I said, "Amazing race, the show I'm hosting." She goes, 
When's the Masked Singer on again? Yeah, I right. said next year though. It's tough. What well, do you reckon it is about the Masked Singer that it makes it so well, it's popular? Hitting, I mean, look, it's hitting markets. The kids are a big market. People with kids, mm. um, and they love watching the baby sing or the microphone or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, like they'll come out and the bloke will sing, and they'll guess Usher and Justin Bieber. Yeah. I know. That's it's not Usher <laughs> yeah. or Justin Bieber. Harry Styles. There's just no way. Not an Australian. There's no way, no. right? But there could be a little, the tiniest reason why he's in the country, and it might be Usher. <laughs> but we know it's Millsy yeah. or Toby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Toby. I mean? <laughs> it still, it still yeah, could yeah. be Bieber. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're waiting but for it's, that. It's, it's almost certainly it does, Toby. It yeah, does yeah. sound yeah. like Usher, but it also does sound like Shannon Niles. So just give it to him. Yeah. So it <laughs> hooks you like that. And it's, you know what, it's new. It's different. Yeah. Um, and it's a big production, man. It's a good, big, big, big production value, big show, bro. Would you ever host something like that? It looks like it looks like one of those ones where, as a host, you kind of have to be. It's more straight down the line, but like putting it on a bit more, like because yeah. would 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 uh, Andrew what? G would he know? Sorry, Osha, Osha, would he know who the people are, or is no it like idea. so? No one actually knows. No idea. So one of my best mates, Bruno Boucher, who manages Kyle, last season. Kyle was doing a uh, – they do they do the season and then they'll bring in a celebrity just to do a random half spot. Mm. And he was the, one of the Paw Patrol characters. So my son wants to watch. So suddenly I'm watching and I sort of know the voice. And he was singing and obviously revealed it. Jackie O was – you know, everyone was pumped. They talked about it. Got a lot of press. Great for the show. Big numbers. But br- his mistake was he wherever he goes, Bruno's coming. So Bruno's coming with him wherever he goes, mm. right? You're not allowed the contract. You can't have anyone with, with you. Uh, I can't have a minder. I can't have you. I can't have my missus. No one. Because it's part of the plan. Mm-hmm. So he brought Bruno with him and Osha saw Bruno put two and two together. Okay. Yeah, so. Right. So you can. Yeah. There you go. Last singer. What do you, Osha is, a, is becoming, we are talking about this the other day, he's becoming a bit of an ornament of Australian television. Osha, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, he's been around for a minute. He's been it? around for a bit. What do you reckon he's got? What? Do you look at a man like him and try to model or take parts of his style and apply them to yourself? Or it's a good question. I think the um, longevity is what he's got, mm. right? And if you've got to be in this game, you boys know now it's tough. Um, so he's been in the game for a long time. He was doing Australian Idol many years ago when we grew up watching it. And Channel V before that. Channel V. Um, and he was off the grid for a while. He actually auditioned to do, I think it was the first Bachelor. And then he went from there. So he got back in. He had a lot of time. He was in. He was, he was out of the game for a while. Um, so I respect him, man. I talk mm. to him a bit. I respect him, and I, I don't really want to take any of his styles because we're completely different. Um, but I do respect people like him that can hang around, and I respect people that have been around for a long time because I know how brutal the game is. Yeah. Um, have you had any brutal shit go on, like in terms of from like your? The, the business side of things like in terms of what well like since you've sort of been hosting and shit you seem like once you've retired like you've had a pretty yeah you've been able to get like work pretty consistently yeah, yeah. well it's been pretty good yeah i mean i'd i like to work um and to be honest when i was at nine i loved it um and then my last couple of years i sort of was falling out of love with tv mm. and i was exposed to a few different things so i started doing some radio and fell in love with that but when i when i got the offer to come back to 10 I knew TV is what I wanted to do. You know, you got to try anything, really. Um, yeah, and I like to work. But um, I've been pretty unscathed in the fact that I don't really worry about what other people are doing. I mean, in rugby league, when I played footy, my whole life was footy. 
grew up in Wollongong, moved out west. Then I moved to Cronulla. Places where footy, when people get the paper, they read the back page first. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Mm. Everyone's talking footy. But then when I retired and I started, went to nine and went into ten, I start, it started to open my eyes that not, no one really cares about footy. Yeah, <laughs> People yeah, in yeah. my life care about footy yeah, and everyone is. I know. But in reality, the real world, footy's not everything. Um, and, and Channel 10 sort of exposed me to that. No one at 10 or 9 are really talking about footy, unless you're doing the footy shows and the footy. Sure. No one's really hanging their hat on anything that they've done or about to do or the scores of games. So that opened my eyes a lot. And I knew I had to sort of reinvent myself. And I'd already been on panels and done shows, but I wanted to learn the skills to host mm. on my own. Have you found now that people are less likely to talk to you about footy as like the first maybe in with you because you've been able to build a career outside of it or is it still like well, they always hit you up first yeah i think it's the footy. opposite yeah. i think it's the opposite i mean i don't people don't really know me as the footy player yeah but they'll come to me with a footy question yeah, you know right. what it's like yeah um like every time i see dr chris brown i mean he's i get there he goes whoa man what about the knights i go bro we can talk about something else okay good how's your family how's kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, yeah, but the right. nights are going well, yeah, well and then right. i start talking yeah. about it and i go i'm you know i'm sort of deaf riding a bit man and then we'll have a good chat about yeah. footy and you know he's a passionate guy but he, he he's someone that um he's probably someone i look at look up to him a bit because he's mm. got different styles and techniques and he's come from a different industry as well he's come right? from like different he's head. able to like straddle two different careers is he still a vet He's still a vet, but I find I relate to him because he's uh, um, probably from being from Newey and that, a blue-collar guy. Mm. And that's what happens with why footy players get on so well. We all come from nothing, really, mm. and working-class backgrounds, and everyone can relate to that. He's also hot as fuck. He's he also very attractive. Fucking massive, yeah, tall, is he tall, strong, is he, yeah, he seems big, tall strong, shit. sexy as. Yeah, yes. nice hair, just flowy Statuette. and gorgeous. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh, good for him. We love that. How, how much How much time do you spend honing your, your hosting skill set and craft? Like, is that something that you sort of put time away to improve? Do you seek the counsel of others and producers yeah. and that sort of thing? Yeah, I do. Uh, well, firstly, I put a bit of – not as much time in it anymore, but the last two years I put heaps of time into it. Um, and I think the – Probably the culture when I was at the footy show, Fatty never did auto cue. No one did auto cue. Hey, you don't do auto cue. So I was like, everyone avoided it. Yeah. Right. You don't go near it. Mm. Right. Let's just do what we do, what we learn. Like, what we, what, let's just say how we feel and, and wing it. Yeah. It also allows like things to go wrong, probably. Yeah. Which, is kind which of funny. looking back, I don't probably think that's the best advice. Yeah. Right. Um, and I push the opposite to that because uh, obviously doing the amazing race you got to be able to host a camera. It's not live. So you can stuff up and you can take your time, but I feel natural doing it. But at the footy show, you're in a panel, you're just giving your opinion and thrown to a piece. It's not until I started doing some live stuff at um, Studio 10, Channel 10, that with auto cue and that, that I knew you, this is an art and mm. you've got to learn it. And I'd never done it before. And they said, oh, we need you to come in and host the show tomorrow. Amazing race on, can you host Studio 10? I said, yeah, sweet, no worries. Come in. <laughs> I've never done, I've never done um, auto cue. Right? <laughs> so I get there, bro. The first piece, it's like, like you get the, you obviously you get the scripts and the links and that. Yeah. The day before, I'd seen nothing, and they're like, all right, we're just going to go. So I'm reading it as it's coming out for the first time. 
which you don't want to do because you don't want to sound like you're reading. No, right, yeah. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. Even when we read on the potty, we were reading some like statement from some like, that just recently and I was just trying to read it out before you got it and I was like, this is actually fucking difficult it's to a do skill, man. without and it, sounding stupid. And there's, there's no shame in saying, I need to be better at this. Mm. I was message Braith the other week... Um, Actually, I, messaged, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago to say how proud I am of him doing. I mean, he's, he's doing NL3, right. but he's killing it. Different beast, bro. Yeah. Right? Anyone can, not anyone, but you can sit on a panel and give your opinion. But when you can drive a show and run an interview, and interview's a different thing, you guys know it. Interviewing and in the art of interview on live TV and keeping it, you've got people yelling in your ear, you've got auto cue, you, mm. you know, there's moving parts. You know, I encourage him to learn it and learn it, and he was very nervous, and now yeah. he's comfortable to do it. Not many guys step outside that realm and try it. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can, host a camera and also panel and then give your opinion, world's your oyster. We did something with KO a couple of months ago. We did the boxing, and they were, they were speaking to us through the headsets, and, like, we were talking, and we just stopped. Yes, I we just stopped in the middle of it. And I was just like, sorry, I'm having, I've got people talking yeah. in my ear and I can't. I can't do both I can't at once. Do yeah. I really can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Do it. It's no. not. Man, I take the earpiece out a lot. Yeah. Because they got the little ones now, just little oh, micro yeah, ones. And I'll take it out. Unless, if I'm not doing, it, doing an interview and you don't need to hear back what they're saying, you don't really need it because you got the EP, you got people chiming in here. Um, so I'll take it out sometimes and keep it on. But wait, when you got the, I remember I was doing Auto Killer two years ago and I was, Piece, piece the camera and I was like, it, it was about COVID. It was real serious. Serious. serious oh, we were about to go to, you know, um, the 11 o'clock Gladys Berejiklian's here and whatnot. And the numbers in Australia, are, bro, I'm, I'm like, the, the auto cue doesn't just go on time. It goes as you speak, right? Oh, really? Uh, it goes as you speak. So it's not a time thing and a lot of people feel pressure, right? Oh, shit, what, what happens if it gets ahead of me? It ain't. It's only as quick as you speak. You pause, it pauses. You talk, you talk quick, it goes. Didn't know that. Is that someone manually doing that? Yeah. Surely. Yeah. yeah. you got to have a good relationship with them, man. <laughs> um, I remember it started coming down and I tried to go a bit quick, you know, I was trying to hurry it up. And, bro, I'm, I'm f- completely lost. <laughs> like, I'm gone. <laughs> like, you know, when you're talking, you know, Gladys, Berejiklian, we're going to go to the compressor, you know, 11, the numbers, 12,000. And, bro, I'm gone. Like, it's down at the bottom and I'm gone. Right? I, I have no idea where I'm at. And I go, Stop. Thought okay, I'm just fully out, <laughs> and I just called out. They go, you can't do that. I said, oh, I've just, you know, the auto cue's too fast. I've just thrown it straight under the bus. Yeah, yeah, the and then they've brought it back up and then reset. And people appreciate that. But was you it li- were you alive? Live, <laughs> live TV, live TV, breakfast show. I said, oh, sorry, they've gone too quick. Let's bring it back up. Okay, but I think people appreciate that. Yeah, man. definitely. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to try and make up information. No, no, yeah, you're like, no, you don't want to start I'm making in, things up. I'm in quicksand here and I've fucking lost where I am. <laughs> Bring it back up and I'll Let's try to not it. rush it, not sound like I'm reading it, I'm just going to read it. Yeah. How yeah. did you bounce back from that? Were you like sweating like a pig? Nah, no. I, like, I don't know, man. I'm pretty lucky I can get away with stuff like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think these people can, but I'm, I, um, yeah, just say, you know, I'm learning it, I'm new, I'm yeah. new, and, yeah, you know, she's... You know, you're also, you're, you're like a, you're a funny guy generally, right? So yeah, yeah, be more forgiving you can't be on the doing. news doing that, no. No, exactly, yeah, Peter <laughs> I don't Ovenen, recommend Peter that. Ovenen going, oh, fuck, Not no, giving yeah, COVID no, reports, yeah. no. no. But I'll mess it, like, Peter Overton does the news sometimes, and something will happen. And I just, I don't know, when you, you guys know as well, when you're watching and listening to it, you're listening to things in the edit, and you, there's little things that you'll pick up. Yeah. And I find that, man, I'll be watching the news sometimes, and I'm watching it like... It's like when Siegfried and Roy, you know, in the, the Tiger, mm. I'm watching it for that moment. Bro, yeah, I want to yeah. be there, you know what I mean? I'm watching Peter Overton 
just in case he stuffs it up. Dude. I want to be the one watching that live yeah. feed when he does. Well, the ones when they you can hear their voice go, like they need to cough, and they're trying to yeah. try to talk through, <laughs> and then out in uh, Canterbury today. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and like they have to go on camera and like how good to recover? <coughs> yeah, excuse me, and they're straight back into it. Yeah, yeah, straight back into it. That's always hilarious when they fuck that up. I wanted to ask about uh, what's the fucking the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. That seems like quite a an intense experience as a show, like in terms of a reality show to do, where it's like. Yeah, right. I'll go and sit in the goddamn jungle. Were you in Australia for that or were you overseas? Australia. Which is a, the, probably the small mercy. But then, like, how exposed are you to, like, a snake? Yeah. Well, firstly, it, do, it doesn't camp. matter where you are. When you're in the jungle, man, it doesn't matter, in my opinion. Yeah, jungle's it's like a jungle. You, it's like when you're doing hotel quarantine, right? I've done six two-week quarantines. The last one I did was in Athens. And everyone's like, oh, what was it like in Athens? And I did one in Santorini. doesn't matter where you are. You can be on the moon, man. Yeah. It's actually worse when you've got a view. It's actually worse. Yeah. In my, that's my opinion. Um, that show, they'd asked me to do it every year. I was at nine the year before, the years before. One year they didn't ask me, sorry. And then the last three years they've asked me. I was never going to Africa. Never no. going to Africa. And then we did the Amazing Race 2020, but it came out 2020, uh, end of 2020. So last year I didn't have a show on TV. So they're like, we need to get you on TV. And... I'd seen the show, but I never really watched it. You know what I mean? Mm. I'd usually be away in January and I'm, I'm just, yeah, don't watch Heap of TV. So I agreed to it. And I get up to, uh, it's in, it's about three hours in Land of Byron. Not meant to say that, but it is. Right? Yeah. It's not there anymore. I think they'll go back to Africa. Yeah. So uh, I go up there. They said, you got a two day quarantine, bro. I do a two week quarantine before the show. Just dragged out again. Oh my! God. And it was a situation where coming, I got driven up. I had a drive guy drive me up because you can't be getting airports and that because they know there's people around. Man, we don't think there is, but there's perhaps in that around. Just people trying to it. suss it, and uh, got me in. Well, you know, all this like camo gear and all that. Left the uh, house in uh, Cabarita. Yeah. Put me in like a blacked out car, and then drove me for about two hours inland. Right. Then they take me out of there. Like, I'm talking blacked out. Yeah. People coming with, like, black umbrellas, just in case there's drones, into another blacked out car that goes off-road. I've got no idea where I am. Do you have a bag on your head? No, I've got, <laughs> bro, I've got a scarf yeah. like that. Really? A hat and black sunnies. Jesus Christ. So I'm in the back of this van for an hour, and I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> then we get to a place, we shoot the opening scene, and same thing, wrap back up, put me in a van, drive me down, and then, then I get to the jungle. I get out and I put my hands on the back of like a soldier and we're in like a Congo line and we walk for about 40 minutes to the jungle. Are you serious? They you pulled walked it off. 40 minutes? They pulled the, the scarf off and I'm in the jungle. Couldn't oh, tell damn. you where it is. That's Couldn't tell intense. you exactly the, the area of where yeah. it is. Like a, and it's like a... Um, bro, it's like a fort, right? So on the outside, it's got all these, these you know, big timber, high fences and covered in foliage and then you can hear what's going on. It's all lit. So I was thinking it was a set. Mm. Like, is it a real jungle? It ain't a jungle. Bro, you're in the middle of the jungle. Oh, okay. But they've just lit it all up. Yeah, right. With cameras everywhere. And then, yeah, went in and that was it, man. How long were you in there for? Uh, I left after three weeks. So did you... Did you say, get me out of here? Get me out of here, man. Oh, you did? Why, what, what was, was the trigger? And there was four days left and I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know. Because they kept saying to me, you got six days left, six days left. Um, to fuck with you? Not, nah, to just keep me. I think. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, 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 to keep me. But when I asked what how long was left, they said six days. Then three days later, they said six days again. Bro, I was cooked. 
done. I was good. I can't explain it, man. Like, you got to be prepared for that, right? Mm. You you got to be your body's shocked. Um, the first four to seven days are the hardest, they reckon, because your body's coming off all your sugar and detoxing off. Everything. And you're just eating like nothing. No food. Twenty eight hundred calories a day for fourteen people. Right. But I'm eating. I had. 2,800 calories just then. Well, yeah. yeah for 14 know. people? 14 people. Oh Wait, my. as in 2,800 across 14 people. Oh, yeah. damn. That is outrageous. Yeah. So in the, for breakfast, we get like a half a cup of oats, like <sighs> a little bit of the cup. Yeah. And then a full cup of rice for lunch and dinner. But if you eat that full cup, you and we don't get dinner, which happened to us, you got no food. So what, you sometimes you're rationing your lunch? We ration even. half. So what we do, we'd eat the oats. Then at lunch, we'd eat half the rice, and then I'm just staring at the rice for like eight hours until we have dinner. And, and is there a lot you, of downtime? And so then for dinner, you get well, one they, and a half cups. Well, the, for dinner, you get – no, no, you get a, the other half of the cup, and then they'll bring down Sky Food. So if you get 12 stars, you get 12 portions of food. 14 stars, 14 portions. Six Rah. stars, things. Or like Rah. what happened last one night on like day three, man. We did this um, – I haven't told you this story, but we did this like classroom test where people had to go up – and you got to remember, bro, you're starving all the time. Picture the hungriest you've ever been in your life. All day, every day for three Jesus weeks. Dude. I can't Like, imagine. mate, you go to some like psycho food. places. Anyway, when this classroom thing, Chris and Julie come in, you got to do this test. People are getting shocked while they did it. Fun and games. But I'm starving, man. Right? <laughs> and they come out and they bring all this fruit out at the start of it. And I go to Joey Essex and Nathan Buckley. I said, what's going on with that fruit? And they hear us talking. They come out and they go, oh, please don't eat the fruit. We're going to spray it with pesticides. Shh, 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 shh. And I... What's going on with that fruit, the fruit, Joey? He goes, bro, it's got pesticide. I get spraying pesticide on it. It was hit me. It's not pesticide. It's water. Let's eat it. <laughs> so I've gone up, grabbed an apple, thrown it to him. We've all taken a bite. So I've gone up. By, by one minute later, we're all up there eating the apples, right? There's all these apples there, some um, raw eggs, which <laughs> There's some flour there because we had a cake challenge. We're just eating flour, bro, like like junkies. Just whatever. You can. <laughs> and we ate. I probably had an apple, two eggs, some flour. Everyone had it. <laughs> some flour. But I'm pumped, bro. I'm feeling like food. I'm feeling on top of the world. Yeah. Like you know, I've just had sizzler. That's so crack. We get back to the. We get back to the. Uh, we get back to the. I was going to say hotel jungle. I call it death pit. Anyway, we get back to the jungle, and um, it's about four o'clock in the hour. Don't, you don't really know what time it is. Anyway, um, we're waiting around for food, and the Sky Food would come. As it got dark, so we called. We called it Sky Food. Sky Jesus, we called him. Sky Food, come on, we got twelve stars. Sky Food, let's go. Anyway, it looks small. It's like a cow hide, right? And they winch it across. It's thick. It's thick, like the thickest coverage you've ever seen. Oh, okay. And on top's like a tarp, like a big tent with a little anus in it that's sort of covering that bit. Yeah. But it's thick, bro. You can't see if you ran into the ju- you couldn't see fifty meters. Oh, right? it's thick. Yeah. And it's usually in summer, it was cold. We shot it this time last year. Anyway, the Sky Food's coming down and we're dancing, you know, we're pumped. I'm looking at Joey, we're body shot. And like that, 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 you know how your kids get? Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Whoa. Excited. Anyway, it comes down, it's like real light, right? And he opens it up and it's a letter. And it says, hey, because you guys stole from the classroom, enjoyed tonight's dinner. And it was a brick. Oh. oh. A brick. So I, I bruh, I, I, mate, I started losing the plot, right? <laughs> I'm laying on the ground 
and I'm laying next to him, and, and he's trying to work out, Joey, yes, he's trying to work out how to eat the brick, right? He's like, well, maybe if we, you know, heat it, mate, a little bit, some stuff will come out of it. Maybe this, like, if we cook it, it will be. I said, bro, it's a brick. We're not, we're not going to eat the brick. Say that, man. And then I just. Were they blaming you? As like oh, well, we were all eating it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course they're blaming me. Yeah. But we're all eating it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Story of Adam and Eve, mate. We both did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, that, I started losing it, man. And I thought, like, we're laying there, and they're like, you're not going to die. I'm not, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. I've had an apple and some oats. I'm going to die. They're like, you're not going to die. But when it starts hitting you that that's the show, that's when it rattles you. That you, are, yeah. that you are being tortured, that's when it hit me. That you know that it's like they're but, not, they're not yeah. going to help you out. No, it's, it's not, not a fun show where better. we're going to go and play games. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the show. This is it. The show you're is doing what you're doing right now, <laughs> and that's when you start <laughs> losing it. And do you... Like, what are you craving the most at that point? Well, what happens, bro? I took a lot of stuff in, right? Well, like, snuck it in. Contraband, right? <laughs> what, like, Such what, a like, fucking, like, naughty boy from Well, I'm thinking, con- I'm what, thinking, like, sugars and shit? Bro, I'm thinking content. So, my, we had two yeah, groups true. of seven or eight. So, there's about 16 of us to start. I can't remember at the start, but we're in two different parts. We have to meet each other in the jungle. And when we get there and did our opening um, scenes, when we all walked out, and bro, I walked out first. And I, I didn't even know the next two people to come mm. out. You know what oh, I mean? Really? I'm thinking shit. You know what I mean? That's actually tough, go. isn't it? Yeah. Where you're like, oh. So I'm here and I'm like, okay, then I saw Brooke McClymont, who I know, and then I saw um, Emily Seabomb and a couple of others. But my crew had to, and I had a contra- I had a bag of contraband, right? <laughs> my crew had to get in a kayak and kayak to the jungle. And we're down there and they go, all right, here's your kayaks. Jump in. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we going to the jungle now? They go, yeah. And I got my bag in the medic tent, right? So I run back to the tent. They go, what are you doing? I said, oh, I need to talk to the EP. I've got some personal stuff. I run back to the medic tent and I grab all my contraband and put it in my pants. I've got like long keppers on. Yeah. So I'm jumped out. I've got like, bro, I've got like five kilos of coffee. I'm, I'm serious. So I'm jamming it in there. I've got chicken salt. I've got chocolate. I've got protein balls. Bro, I've got, I'm prepared, bro. I've got protein balls. I've got Chiquito bus. Bro, I'm loaded up and I'll walk back down to the banks and everyone's like, what are you doing? I go, nothing. And then one of the cameras goes, bro, you can't do that. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, mate, you're shaking and rattling. And I said, no, I'm not. And I jump in the kayak and the girl, Cal Wilson, who I'm friends with, she was freaking out a bit. So just act natural, dance, good content. <laughs> so we're kayaking, and she goes, "Bo, Bo, and you got cameras on you, bro. You got seven hundred cameras on you, Whoa. Right? in the jungle. So you got cameras on you all the time." People say to me, "Oh, how can they say that when the cameras are there, mate? When you're being followed twenty four hours a day, after two days, you not don't forget they they're there, but you don't care, mm. right? Because you got to live." Mm. And I'm paddling, and she taps me. She goes, "Bo, look, and my chicken salt is flying down the river." <laughs> And I go, grab it. And she goes, no. I go, get the chicken salt. Grab the chicken salt. We need it. Anyway, she doesn't grab it. My chocolate balls are floating down. I said, go, just don't lose the coffee, right? So we lose half of that. We get in there. And um, Nathan Buckley, who I'm like that with, right? Yeah. And he's very, very. Did you know him before the show? Never. Very good. Very proud guy. Really tough guy. Great footballer. But one of the best humans I've ever met. I remember sitting there with him and I go, everyone's sitting around. You got to remember, everyone's talking to the cameras and that. And I'm just like, just get me out of here, man, you know. <laughs> I sit next to him. I said, oh, so what, bro, how are you feeling? You know, what, what are you doing? What, what, did you bring anything in? He goes, yeah, I brought my, my morals, my principles <laughs> and my ethics. I said, I said, what about you? I said, bro, I got about five kilos of coffee. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, mate. No, I said, no worries, mate. By day two, I'm laying there. I feel a tug. He goes, 
bro, you got that coffee? <laughs> so yeah, let's go. So every morning I would sneak down and there's cameras on, but who cares? Yeah. And I'd have the heated water and then I'd have like five of the boys around me just giving them all their little bit of coffee, <laughs> coming back. And then the others sitting there like this and we're buzzing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man, it's good. Oh, we've got to work together. Like we're, we're walking around like junkies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they wouldn't necessarily, they wouldn't come and like the producers and shit wouldn't get you for doing that. They sort of would be, I guess, saying it's good content well. Well, about day four, they said you got to hand over your contraband. So Are you the really only one know. with it? No, everyone had some. Okay. Um, even the David uh, who was in it, um, he had like makeup and stuff with him. Everyone had different contraband. Was that the dude who was in there who wasn't a Fake celebrity That wigged me out too. So we all, and they said, you've got two minutes to hand over your contraband. So I've rendered my bag and I'm throwing balls like that. And then people are just going bang, bang. And you've got to eat it all, right? You've got two minutes. Okay. <laughs> so I throw 90% of my contraband out. I'm keeping the coffee, obviously. A couple of other little things. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and everyone went nuts. And then from that day three, day, like I said earlier, day three, four to seven, mate, you are low, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're coming off sugar. You don't realise what happens to your body coming off sugar. You go well, I've shop. never given my body the chance. Yeah, that, I don't think I ever have in my entire life. No. We were talking about that the other day, how addictive sugar is. No it's like, like the most addictive thing on, on the planet, mm. comfortably. Well, heroin then sugar. Already. Yeah, yeah um, well, well <laughs> nah, sugar, sugar shocks you, man. Like, we're dependent on it. Mm. And we don't know that. And, um, you know, we had people like a couple of smokers, people coming off um, uh, alcohol. Yeah, right. Made alcohol, you come off alcohol. Everyone's coming down, man. We did like night three. We did like one of those, you know, those where you hold hands and do those love circles. Mm. Bro, we do day three. We're doing that, <laughs> telling each other how much we love each other. And there was a couple of moments where I'm thinking, what am I doing? But I felt it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm crashing, man. <laughs> I'm emotional, and I do love all you guys. I've known you for forty minutes, but I lo I love you more than anything. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the zone you get in. It's like a rehab. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, when we watch reality TV shows like you know Love Island and stuff, like. Ella's always like, look how real it is. Like, you know, they're crying and shit and everyone's like loving each other and saying they're getting married and have kids and they come out. It's a bit like, it seems to change. What is it about that environment? Is it the f Was it the food on your show or is it just spending all that time with other people or I think the hardship? Like, well, I think a show like that one is, I don't think the people are truly who they are on the show, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like if people are together... It's hard to say, but some, some people are different people when cameras are on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and you can be whoever you want for a couple of days. Um, so I think people might see the real person after that. But, mate, reality TV is brutal, man. Yeah. It's brutal. I can imagine. And we make, we're, it's a show. We're making a show, right? Yeah. And the only thing that means you win is the ratings. So they'll, they'll do whatever it takes. Our show will do it, right? Mm. Our show's a little bit different because it's um, – yeah, we had we had thirty thousand teams apply for our show, sixty thousand people. Wow! Right? So you got to be pretty brave to do Love Island, Bachelor stuff like that, because you know what goes up must come down, and you're exposed to some pretty heavy things. Our show, they don't really get the notoriety. Mm. They obviously get the um, travel, the experience, and you, you get this great bond with other people. But people don't do it for fame to come on our show. No, it's actually yeah, the show it's itself show. is like the yeah. It's like a game it. show as opposed to yeah. a fame show. Yes, that's right. Well but done. made um no reality TV stuff like that. Well, they'll use stuff out of context, and you've heard people say that it's that's the art. Yeah. That's the art. Yeah. Um, art of the edit. That's the art of the edit, man. You got to be very, you got to be very careful with the edit. Do they? Did they? Did you get fucked on the edit ever? There was one time uh, when we had leftover. What we would do, we would, like I said, we would have um, 
half a cup of oats in the morning, which is makes your porridge. When we won breakfast, so we had scones and stuff, so we kept our porridge all day. And yeah. you're not allowed to keep food overnight because there's rats and possums and animals and stuff. Did you ever think of killing a possum? I tried to kill possum. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we had the we had the porridge there, right? We had the porridge there. Yeah. So one night, we went one day. Sorry, we went out and did a challenge, and we come back. <laughs> And I remember there was leftover porridge, and I'm not going near it, right? As much hungry as I was, I mm. was going to do the right thing. I remember going in, and the producers going, "Oh, um, go down and have the porridge." And a couple of people said, "You can have it." So I walked down, asked the people who were there, "Yeah, have the porridge." So Joey Essex and I ask everyone, no, and half the groups in the challenge, mm. half's here. So there's about ten of us. So we're eating the porridge. It's bro, it's porridge. It's been sitting there with no sugar. Yeah, for like yeah, yeah. Twenty hours. No one's wanting it. I'm like, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Joey and I eat it. We get back, the producers are saying, we stole the porridge. Of course. Right. Right? Yeah. So on TV, when it comes to TV, they edit it in like, we stole the porridge. Right. Okay. <laughs> makes the show look great, yeah. makes us look bad, but yeah. didn't happen, bro. And was there blowback from the other contestants and shit? Were they like, what the fuck are you doing? Or no, because the contestants they all were knew. there. Sorry, right. They all knew the they contestants were there. They just edited it to make it look yeah. like, okay. Contestants were there, man. Tried to kill a possum. But but caught a public opinion, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you look like an arsehole. Yeah, can, you, one, can you, how do you... What's the possum? Yeah, yard? the possum. Well, yard. one day I was starving and um, <laughs> Joey Essex and I, uh, start, like we're walking around looking and there was bush turkeys coming in and there was a possum that was like, they got these walls around there. They look sort of look like a Mount Rushmore, man. It's like a okay. fake wall, but they yeah. got cameras in them and there was a possum in there around it. So we've cornered it, right? Joey Essex and I. And he's like, mate, what is it? I said, it's a possum. He goes, what's that? It's like like a like a koala, I said. Nah, it's more like a like a raccoon yeah, sort of situation. Yeah. It's hard to explain. It is. Yeah, but can you eat it? I was like, I think so. <laughs> he goes, Well, let's eat it. I said, All right. Wait. I said, Poe. She was our chef. Poe, what can you do with a possum? And she's like, Not much. And I said, Oh, don't worry about. It. She goes, Well, I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying I can't do nothing with it. And then we cornered it, and then they've got like a situation where people are on the speaker. Shh, Bo and Joey step away from the possum. Okay, right. Don't kill the possum. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, Let's get the possum. And then people come down and said, No, no, no. You can't leave be, the possum. What was going to be attacked? Did you just try and rock it? Like, hit it. did you have rocks and shit? Try and pelt that at a possum? Um, no, I, bro. To be honest with you, I was just thinking about catching it with my hands, mate. I was in the zone. Bro, they got claws on them. That fuck. Yeah, you but up. mate, you go. I was animal style. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I would have. I was. I it's backed, prompt. Mys- yeah, I ba- I backed myself matter. against a pot. Like I'm looking at the food chain, mm. right? And I'm yeah. looking where the possum is. Yeah. And I think I got the you possum. You should be able to, should in be. theory, beat a possum. 100%. Well, like, you might mate, come out be, with some fucking wounds. It'll be an us. embarrassing L if you lost to a possum. Mm. If yeah. you're primal. Two and of us. Yeah, two, two, two alphas. Yeah, two yeah. alphas. Two alphas versus a possum. I know who's winning that. You go high, I go low, bro. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. Grab by the tail. See how you go. Just... <laughs> um, Jesus Christ! That sounds like a f- ridiculous experience. Would you do anything like that again? No way. Or in you the world. tapped out. You're no done. way in the world. Yeah. No way in the world, man. Stick to hosting. Yeah, I like hosting. I mean, look, I'll do stuff to help the network, and I've always done that. But that show's hard, mate. Yeah, dude. You got to. How long did you say you were there for again? Three weeks. But the thing is, I enjoyed the experience, as in with the people. Like yeah. some of the bonds I've made, I've got lifelong friends, and I went to these hectic places, and you know, my kids loved it, mm. and it was look, and it, it was in, it was enjoyable at times. But mate, I know, I know the feelings that I felt, plus the anxiety leaving and copping all the stuff. Yeah, it was hard, man. Yeah, it was I hard. Get, I get it. It's funny, we were talking about, you know, because you were coming in, we were talking with Dave and Tommy, who were just a bit younger than us, but they were like, for, for them, you were the 
their first experience of the funny guy on the footy show. We're slightly older, so we saw Maddie and obviously Sturlo and Fatty and all them yeah. like when they were coming through. But you absolutely hold like a massive place in rugby league sort of history, TV history as being one of the funny guys in the footy show. Mm. What was that experience like being that? It was a, a na- like I mean you are funny, so obviously I can see it's natural. But like, how do you I guess see that position that you hold? Uh, well, at the time, I probably it was a bit full on. It was yeah. a bit. It was a bit. Um, over, it was overwhelming. It was man. I was <clears throat> playing footy at the time, and then got asked to do the footy show. And Gary Burns at the time said, you know, Matty just left for all that stuff. And then they come down. They said, oh look, we got a spot for you if you want to do it. And I said, do what? He said, I heard you're funny. Say something funny. <laughs> great. So I had Hino with me, and I just said, oh, Hino's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You've got a job tomorrow. <laughs> so I went down to Leichhardt, <clears throat> and uh, James, the professor, would come with me. And he said, just do a little piece of the camera and um, do some voxies. And I remember I looked at the camera, and the light come on, and I hadn't felt anything like that for a long time. And you've got to remember, we're playing in front of 50,000 people. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't felt a rush like that. And I did the piece, did the voxies, and felt unbelievable. Felt this adrenaline. Watching it back on TV felt great. Like, I look back now, it was so shit. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst content. But I loved it. Yeah. Um, Not all your shit. Are you talking about everything you did on well, the Well, the first show, pieces right, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what gotcha, I mean? Gotcha, yeah. And I, uh, bro, I loved it, man. I, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't explain it. Then I started doing the live show. And when you're doing the footage, you don't realise how much experience it gives you. Bro, we've yeah. got 300 live people. Do you know what I mean? Live yeah. big show. One of, the mo- one of the most watched shows on TV. Giving me all this experience for places like, or to to um, get to places like I am now, where I've already done all that. Yeah. You know, you can do all your acting schools or, um, you know, studies and education. You ain't going to get live experience like that anywhere on any show. They don't do it like that anymore. Mm. So it gave me a lot of confidence, but it was overwhelming, man. Like going going around. I remember once we did a, especially like Newcastle and Wollongong. What, mate, we got, we'd have ten thousand people at the entertainment center. Yeah. We went to Mackay once and um, we had 10,000 people in Mackay, right? And I'm talking like, we're going walking around town. It was like rock star shit. And we got to the entertainment center and the lady said, this is the quickest we've ever sold a live event ever. Whoa. Elton John sold out in 15 minutes. The footy show sold out in 13 minutes. Wow. That day, that day I, I, saw, I was doing voxies and I signed a, a girl's arm and she went and got the tattoo. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was like... It was full on, man. More full on than the experience of just being a professional footballer. Hey? Way, like way more, more like, full yeah. on. Way more full on. So you just, after, I guess, starting on the footy show, how, how quickly was it like, oh, shit, I'm now like a media personality as well as a footy player? Probably about 12 months. Right. Probably about 12 months. So I started in 09 at the back end, and then halfway through, yeah, probably 2009, 2010, it just started going bang. And then it went, went like it was. And then it was, it was made. I was filming a day a week, live show, sometimes two or two days a week, um, going in there learning stuff about you know hosting and stuff, sitting in the edit. It was full Did on. Did you like it more than footy at at, one, at a point? Yeah, I mean, only because I got injured, and <clears throat> the back end of my career, I had no injuries. Playing. Was it your neck? Yeah, I had no injuries, and then in 2013 when I did my neck at the back end. I had surgery and I came back and mate, I was I was on physio tables ten hours a week. Uh, so it was a lot of effort to get ready for a game and a lot of risk that wasn't worth the reward. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fully. 
Was it hard to balance, like, from 2009 onwards, your footy and your media career? It did get hard. Yeah. Um, when I went to Cronulla, one of the main reasons, I mean, we used to train on Thursday, other Thursday night sometimes, and it'd get to quarter past six, and Flanny said, Bo, you got to go. So I would leave training, training and go and do the live show, and that made it easier. Yeah. But there were times when, like, my body, man, flying back from New Zealand, getting back on a Sunday night, we might have Monday morning off. So I got Monday training for um, Sharks. I'd have to go and film five hours of boxies or something. Mm. Like, it was relentless, but... Did it, was there any... Like, did you get cop any shit within the team? Being like, you know, you're a fucking... You were Bo Ryan, the TV star, as well uh, as being the player. Or was that I think, cool? yeah, like, not... Not when I started, because the boys were encouraging, and that was a big thing. Benji and everyone at the Tigers were encouraging, and Sharks was one of the reasons I went there, yeah. because it was all part of it. Gal and that, we'd rip into each other. Mate, there was nothing off limits, bro. We're into each other about everything. Did he punch you, or you punch him on a mad Monday? No, he punched me, yeah. <laughs> he punched me. We were, um, day, day, uh, day two, we were playing, uh, we played Manly to get into the grand final. We yeah, made the, well, the game final, to get obviously. into the grand final, and oh, bro, that's when I went low on Tafua and jammed my neck and my arm. And I'm at Gals day, day two in the pool. There was about six of us left, and I remember I had this little his son out. His son Cody was only little, and I had a little golf, one of his little plastic golf clubs. So I'm just walking past, just tee off on his head, and um, he kept turning around, and then I kept walking, bang, and the head is in the pool. And he goes, "Do it again, I'm gonna hit you." And all I remember is, as I'm gonna do it, he's just turned around and just gone bang in the cheek, and I'm in the pool. Bro, my face just like starts blowing up. Straight. Oh my god! Just like blowing up. Eye closed. I remember I got home and my missus is like, "What the fuck's going on?" I said, "I got cow punched by going." Yeah. Um, I'm pressing charges. Yeah, fucking it. Well, it's a bit of a claim to fame now with Gal doing everything he's doing, yeah, yeah, right? Getting yeah. smacked by Gal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how, back to the footy show when you're doing your your comedy bits. Are you writing a lot of that shit? I know the professor, he's like yeah. been a producer and shit, right? But how involved are you in um, what's... Well, he writes, so he wrote, wrote most of it. Yeah. A lot of the stuff. I really enjoyed the skits more. Yeah. And, I mean, he would have a lot of the script and then I would bounce off it in the moment, you know what it's like. Um, obviously, all the Voxy stuff I'd just do myself, which yeah. you can't really script. But um, he did a lot of the heavy lifting early. Um, and, yeah, we worked really well together. We worked really well together. Our hands got a bit tight as we got a bit later in the piece. Mm. Um, but we really, yeah, we really worked well together. How, how long would you spend when you were going out to like Parramatta and shit, taking the piss out of people? Back Find then, dribblers in the streets. Back yeah. then, rule of thumb, right? One hour of footage, one, one minute. One hour of footage, one minute. Okay. If you want quality stuff. Yeah. If you want quality stuff, you're doing one hour of Voxies for one minute. But we'd go out to Parramatta or Bankstown and do three hours and get six minutes sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. But you got to put the work in if you want high quality stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What was the song we've been fucking? Because again, you know, doing a bit of like, can we find anything? The uh, your song you had, oh, where yeah, I'm where, from. Yeah, yeah. I know that for fucking years, and then we played it, and then I've just been we were walking around playing pool, and I was bloody bopping my head and singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It comes back, mate. It's it crazy. It like I don't think back. I've heard that song since what was it, 2014 when it yeah. came out, and then you play it again, what eight years later, and it just. You, it's yeah. stored somewhere in your in brain. It's in there. Are you, do you think back again on shit like that? We're just like, it's not like you're still doing, uh, you know, you're still in the business, but you're not doing things like that mm. exactly. Do you look back on that and you're like, what a weird oh, fucking bro, some, time? Like, probably like you said earlier, like some of the stuff, man, like I remember when we brought the song out, we did it all the cities. So we flew to Brizzy, Canberra, Melbourne, you know, around the, mainly the East Coast um, to promote the song. Man, I got to Westfields one day 
in um, Brizzy, and it was packed. So the middle of a Westfields, like where Santa and that is, bro, I'm talking 5,000 people. <laughs> like, I'm talking, you can't move. In the nosebleeds. Yeah. Like, doing signatures and that with, on a CD and a ball for, like, six hours, man. Jesus. Like, Jesus. Bull, like, crazy, man. I can't. Did you ever perform it? Did you perform it live? I like, performed it live on the footy show. They didn't want me to. Um, they wanted me to uh, lip sync it. Yeah, right. But I did it live a couple of times. And, no, the song went nuts, man. The song went nuts. Was that... <laughs> How did that even come to be? Um, I'm good friends with the Hanlon family. Dennis Hanlon is the uh, was the boss of Sony, and um, I knew a lot of the Sony artists and stuff. And they said, "Oh, I was mucking around rapping and just mucking around one mm. day." And they said, "You should come in." And one thing led to another. And they said, "Look, we we'll get some studio time doing a song." And I said, "Oh, well, I can't do the vocals." And then next thing, they approached Justice Crew, and um, I wrote every lyric. Did you? Did every lyric. Because I was listening to that, I was like, "It's it's funny." Yeah, I wrote every lyric, but then. It was funny, man. We couldn't, I couldn't get a hook. So it was like, you know, from the area, we're getting all that done. Yeah. But I'm like, what's the chorus? Like, it just sounds like a rap. Yeah. So we brought this guy in who was like a uh, producer and he played it. And he did a lot of this. He was brilliant. And then it played it and he's just like, have you ever seen someone put a song together? No. Oh, mate, it's no. an art form. So he was doing, I was doing the rap over the, uh, the vocals, you know, before the hook come in mm. and it was just this big chunk of space and as the space happened he just started listening to it and he just started going and he's like put some lyrics to this so as he's doing that i'm writing and he's right. putting it and it's like you know where i'm from and he just sort of put the song together like that Hectic. Genius. Yeah, yeah. Did L- you listen to it once, man. He listened to it once. Then he went in and he said, play it again. And he's like, this is what it needs. No, 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 no. He just started putting it together like that. Interesting. That's did so you ever think about doing an album? Uh, yeah. Going like full art. Yeah, I did. I got, there was talk about it. I was going to do a song with each person, whether it was Delta Guy or the Sony artists. Bro, but bro, I didn't funny. have time, man. Like, it's it a lot was, of work. Like, that mate, that one made. song, I was working for a month. Like I was flying around, performing it, going to in stores, <laughs> going to all the regionals, Westfields, like every second Every day. sanity in the country. Yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be sick of sanities doing, now, mate. Well, plus I was doing a footy show. Plus I was yeah. um, doing other stuff in the NRL. It was full on, man. Plus I was playing. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. God. No, you, need to, you need to take a breather. If someone came and knocked you on the shoulder tomorrow and said mate back in the booth would you go back there mate i think i would eventually like as a joke and have some fun because um that song still resonates it's still that's that's what's funny is because like i was listening to the lyrics i was like i couldn't remember them obviously but i was like oh that's it was a it's actually a funny yeah mate i went song. out to the producer who was doing the beat now the producer takes a lot of the um a lot of the praise, which they should, right? Mm. They're putting the beat together. The beat's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Mm. And we went out and we filmed in the studio and we had engineers and that. And he said, oh, I need you to do some pickups out of my house. I said, sweet, where do you live? He said, punch bowl. I said, no worries. So I went out to Alice Seal, had some food there and met him at his house, man. Bruh, I've seen it on the news before, man. Like I get there, I walk out the back and he's got this studio that's in like a little, like a shed. Mm. Hot as. But he's decked it out into a mad studio. There's like smoke, weed. I can't see, man. <laughs> and I'm doing the song in there, doing all the pickups. But this bloke looked like the most unlikely character, but he was a genius. Right. Genius, bro. They're the ones who do it. Yeah, yeah. Talking about pickups, 
How is that like the, the biggest pain in the ass to do with Amazing Race? Like all your voiceover shit, mate. I just come from voiceovers That's now. That's what I mean. You um, sent us that photo. I was like, mate, I uh, it like it's hard. Be... It's hard. It's a lot. It's a heavy voice show because you got to explain rules and things that Link happen. Different parts of here. Yeah, this yeah. Is where it's they look. Are. It's 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 all part of it. Yeah. But it, I'd never really done it before until I started the race four years ago. Yeah. But it's a good skill to learn. But like you know, you got to be up, and you know, like you've got to be sort of putting mate, its energy two, into so it. So I got a three hour limit. It used to be four, now it's three. Yeah, right. Because after three, I don't know where I'm going with inflection. Like, I have no idea what I'm sounding like. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, up on inflection, I do it. They go, that was down. I go down, and they go down on inflection. I go, I have no self-awareness where I am. <laughs> I have gone. no idea what I sound like. It's not an easy, it's no. not easy to do at all. We do, You're we, actually particularly bad I'm at not it. good at it. I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around it. I yeah, just can't, get, I can't get the inflection right yeah, at all. And the key. pacing and shit. Yeah, we did yeah. an ad for that drink you were having, and it we was did. like... We'd been there all fucking day and we had to go somewhere and then Eddie just had to do this one thing which is like, the drink to have for you to, and you just couldn't get it. We're sitting there and we're like, oh my God. You know God, what works? And then they don't even use me anyway. No, yeah. Well, why? You know what, what works? Exactly. When you feel uh, most unnatural and the one you don't like is always the best. That's Shut what up. happens to me. I'm like, I hated that and they're like, perfect. Perfect. And I'm like, it. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, mate, you have been generous with your time. We will uh, let you go in a moment. I wanted to, a couple of things quickly. Uh, we obviously got to uh, work together in the breakfast radio realm of yeah, AM, yeah, um, yeah. Macquarie Sports Radio, ill-fated as it was. Um, how did you find the experience? Is that the only breakfast radio you'd done sort of consistently or did you? Yeah, no, I've done that. That was the most consistent one. Yeah. I was doing Kyle and Jackie O. Oh, and Kyle right. was off for a couple of years, probably twice a week, once a week. Yeah, right. Different beast, man. Yeah. We had one producer, me and a guy called uh, John Stanley, who was um, my co-host. Yes. Massive Dragons fan. Um, awesome talkback guy, right? I don't think he needed me as a host, <laughs> right? He could talk underwater. And... There was one morning we'd be on air at 5.30, 5.25. We'd get in there at quarter to five very early mm-hmm. where he was on a rant and he was going. And I said, I'm, not, I'm just going to not talk, mm. right, and see how long. <laughs> Bro, I went till 6.30 one morning not talking. <laughs> I was just sitting next to him. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, the news is a crash on the M4 and the Dragons are going to top eight chances. Hey? <laughs> and I'm just nodding. He had no idea I wasn't talking. An I, did hour one, five I did one hour, no chat. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was... You know, I was in trouble early. Yeah. Um, I went on holidays and then came back and Bo was gone. Mm. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 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 You went yeah. away for a uh, week. I wrote it out. But you got to understand, man, I come from Kyle and Jack. 100%, and it's, mate. It's a different beast. And then I had an opportunity well. to go back and I was doing full-time footy show as well. Like, yeah, I was leaving. Yeah. Man, I was walking around like I was on Zannies. I was in there at 4 a.m., <laughs> 4 a, 4.30, yeah. filming, sometimes doing the late show. Like, mate. Afternoons were a write-off. Complete write-off. You oh, can't do man. that. No. Nah, breakfast hours, salute to anyone doing yeah, it. Yeah, seriously, eh? Um, just quickly on your footy career before we wrap it, but, like, I guess, how do you – do you have any different perspective on it now that you're a while out of the game? Like, is it – do you have any <coughs> mature reflections on your footy career or anything like that as you've um, gotten older? I get uh, – I do miss it. Yeah. Um, I really struggled the first couple of years after it because my mind was still there. Mm. Just my body failed me. Um. But I'd go down and the Sharks end up winning the comp a couple of years after and I'd watch them train and I knew my body couldn't handle what they were doing. You know, Val yeah. Holmes come through, different level. But I like going down there. I wish my little man was alive when I played. Yeah. Because he's playing footy now. Um, he was born five years ago. So he missed me playing mm. by a couple of years. Um, I'd love to be playing. Look, I would. You'd still, yeah. You'd I'd still, love it. Yeah. Right, okay. So um, it's still there. It's still there, but 
I think about how I felt as well in the work that I was doing. And when my body failed me, I remember I played that game against Manly. I went out back to pick up my daughter. And my right arm wasn't working good. And a couple of months later, the McKinnon stuff happened. Ashley Harrison, Johnny Morris. Six of us retired with neck injuries. Really touch and go. Um, so I don't regret retiring. But I do miss it. I love watching it. Yeah, I'm at a stage now where I love watching it. Uh, Sharky's product is that, is that mate? To be honest with you, my guts with tigers, bro. Really? Oh, my my kids love sharks. We live in Cronulla. Mm. Um, everyone loves the sharks, and I love them doing well. And I support them, and I go there and I go for them. But, bro, I still find myself going for the tigers, man. Yeah, it's been a tough season, unfortunately. Bro, it's been a tough ten seasons. Yeah, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts of your old mate Benji and Robbie taking over? Um, I think. I said this the other day. He, the two, if nothing changes, nothing changes in life, right? We left ten years ago. We had a pretty, pretty successful little run. We didn't even make, didn't win a grand final, but we had a tight knit crew, top four regularly. Um, and when we all left, we went to Cronulla, and we had a great bond there as well. Um, and we were very close. Uh, a few changes were made, and then they had they've gone through coaches quite quickly. Everyone always wants to sack a coach. Mm. Always sack mm. a coach, right? You're taking steps forward when you get a coach, but every time you take, every time you sack a coach, you take another big step back. Because you got to remember, a lot of people are at that club to play for that coach. Whether people don't like to admit it or not, players go there for coaches. Mm. That's a fact. So every time they've taken two steps forward, the Tigers, they've sacked the coach and taken three back. You can see now with Papa Ee and Coruscant going there, they wanted to play under Madge. I think he is, if anyone's going to pull them out of where they are, Benji and Robbie can do it. Because you need the the recruitment factor. When when I went to Cronulla, I met with Flanagan and I met with a lot of ex-players and people that pushed the club and a lot of current players. Mm. People aren't doing that at the Tigers. You go and meet with the recruitment manager and the coach, that's it. you got to sell the club, man. Yeah. you got to sell the brand and what it means to people. And Benji and Robbie do that better than everyone. I, I don't think Robbie wanted to coach, to be honest with you. Um, I think he he's a smart guy and I think he'll eventually run the club. But I think he's helping. He's doing the right thing and helping Benji. They're going to have a tough two years still. Yeah. They are. They yeah. are. But they've got to tread water until Benji's there. Is it surprising you that Flano hasn't picked up another coaching gig somewhere? Very surprising. Very surprising. Like with all the fucking yeah. mate, the Cowboys. No, sorry, the the Titans job's got to come up. Let's get real. You would, the you Knights guy, so. he's on death row, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't look at Flanagan, they got rocks in there. Seems weird, eh? Yeah, the bloke. He's a guy that um, played under a couple of coaches, but the guy, he's a... Tim Sheens is the smartest coach ever. He taught all the coaches. He coached every coach that's mm. coaching now. He's, he, he coached all of them, right? Bar one or two. Mm. He's the smartest man in rugby league, in my opinion, in terms of being technical and teaching rugby league. But Flano was, was a people person. And I remember when my daughter had surgery when she was young, I rang him and I said, man, I'm going to miss training. He gave me the week off. Little things like that. I think Bellamy and Bennett are like that. Makes you want to play for him. Yeah. I think Benji will have that in him, as smart as he is. I think Sheen's is learning that as well. But Shane Flanagan is, is an awesome coach. And he should be a coach. He should be an NRL coach now. There's Wood Ducks coaching NRL teams. Yeah. Right? Mm. Guys that have done nothing. Yeah. Mm. Flanagan's in front of them. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, he's won and a there's, comp. For and there's no, there's no one else... There's not, there's not that any, uh, many good coaches out there, right? And for him not to be in the, in the mix every time, I don't know why. 
Well, everyone's talking about Des going. I'm like, if you're fucking but don't sack Des. Why sack Des? I'm like, it's Mate, Matt, the, like the what best if- player, <laughs> right? The best player in the world yeah. isn't playing. Yeah. Right, they've had the manly saga stuff, which is a drama. This mm. issue, this jersey thing, is an issue. Let's yes. get real. Yes, but it's but, an issue across a game. Like you try oh, and get it on any fucking club. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying it's. But that's manly's no, issue no, right absolutely. now, and they made it their issue. But that ain't Des's fault. No, Des is Des is. Look, they they've switched off. And we were we were a sniff away from the eight until the jersey stuff comes in, and then we obviously fall off a cliff. We've lost. Mate, f- they could have won this that close to winning the comp last year. I know. If they didn't start that first half poorly, they would have won the comp. But then you turn around, and then people are going, "I'll oh, get rid of Dez. I'm like, "For who? Don't get rid of exactly right. Yeah, you should only get rid of someone if there's someone better, and there's no one better than Dez. Not for that club. Love it. I that's, like finishing on a, a positive. We got to we got to we got to finish positive. I think that's the way you got to. Mate, thank Must. you very much for coming in. Thanks appreciate for your time, it. bro. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, appreciate mate. you guys. Like what you're doing. It's thank good. you, mate. Thanks, thank you. Bro. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thanks eh? for coming Could in. You- Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>